It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. It's like a milestone for us. We have an in-studio guest. Uh, I kicked Brian Austin out to bring Dave Matter in, so Dave's here in studio with me. And on the phone is former Mizzou head coach Gary Pinkle and now esteemed author Gary Pinkle. So, Coach, uh, you and Dave have a book coming out on Friday. So, I guess just first off, uh, before we get to that, I know all the fans kind of want to know, how's retired life? How's your health? How's everything going? Well, everything's going well. I uh, my my cancer's in remission right now. I go back uh, every six months. Actually, I go back to Mayo next Thursday uh, in in uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and uh, so just I de-stress my life remarkably, trying to stay healthy as I can. Feel very fortunate, very blessed, and I, I always say that all those all those that are fighting cancer out there, uh, just keep battling, and God bless you all. And uh, and then I'm I just uh, I'm enjoying myself. I I get to do what I want to do every day. Uh, Doing some speaking, some and we're, this project with Dave and I, but we've been working on this for a long time, and excited about this, and uh, and get to see my grandkids when I want, and uh, so uh, life is good. So you're telling me Saturdays are less stressful now than they were? Just a tad, you know, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's you know what, you don't realize it until you back away from it. When you know, I was head coach for you know for uh, 25 years, 10 at Toledo, 15 uh, here at Missouri. And, you know, you, you don't realize when you back away and look at the not only the Saturdays and the pressure now, and it's the pressure is so hard to describe now to anybody really to, to how difficult it is. Uh, but just the lifestyle in terms of how many hours a week you worked and year round responsibilities and all those things. Uh, when you back away from it, you go, my gosh, how did uh, how did I do it? So I loved what I did. I was very fortunate to do it. And uh and uh, so, uh, but it's it's nice that uh, I've kind of you know backed off a little bit. All right. So the book comes out on Friday, and Coach, I want to start with you. Kind of, how did this uh, come about? Was this was this something you'd wanted to do for a while, or uh, how'd the idea come up? Well, you both you guys know me pretty good. I, I didn't wake up one day, you know, the first of December <laughs> after I, I retired, and wake up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go write, Missy. I'm gonna go write my book today." You know, <laughs> I, I I just that's not you know, that's not me. And so I really hadn't really thought about it at all. I always kidded around with, uh, uh, several people on our staff and, 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 and in terms of things that would happen and I'd sit there, I'm, I'm going to put this in the book someday because this is, <laughs> you know, just wait and let's put it in there. Chad Muller, I used to say that too all the time, but I, a, a couple uh, authors had called me uh, a couple people, uh, publishing companies had called me and my, and my agent, uh, John Cavanegro attorney friend, and uh, then it just kind of got serious, and and uh, and if I had to pick one person to be alongside of me and write this thing, and who I have great respect for because I've known him for so long, uh, was Dave Matter. So Dave and I talked, and and uh, first you know came, things came around, got a, got got a contract written up, and um, that was the you know we decided the name of the the, the book is a hundred yard journey, and uh, excited about it, and I thought Dave just did a tremendous job. So, Dave, kind of tell everybody what what your role in this is and what the process is like for you. I know you've you've done a couple other books, but nothing quite like this. No, nothing like this. And really, it was I mean, it was a a partnership all the way. I mean, we we met it was probably once a week and then it got to be maybe two or three times a week where we, we would have a plan for what day what we would talk about each day. And we just did it chronologically. We just thought that was probably the most reasonable, sensible way to go about it. We started with Gary's childhood in Ohio and his family and all the influences of his parents and his brother and sister. 
Uh, and, and then we would, you know, take a break. I would write as much as I could in, in Gary's voice, um, which was a, a challenge at the beginning. But but I think I found a, a rhythm along the way. And then you move on to high school, you move on to college, you move on to coaching career. Uh, and then I think once I got to Mizzou, that was the stuff I was obviously more familiar with. And it came a little bit easier. But I but I wanted to, you know, push Gary. And he was great about this, about let's 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 go the extra mile and tell a little bit more here beyond just the wins and losses and the the game the big games that everybody's aware of and and I think that's what makes this this book really great is uh we we go well beyond everything that our people already know about and Gary I wanted to ask you that I mean your guy who for the 15 years Dave and I covered you you kept things fairly close to the vest when you're doing something like this do you go into it saying hey I know like if this is going to be good I, I got to open up and and really tell everything yeah, I just want to be honest, you know, I, and, 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 you know, we, we talk about everything and, and at the end of that, I just wanted to be real, genuine, honest about my life. And, and, and really so much of the story is, and really, and you look back at it, I, I've always been surrounded by good people. I was just very fortunate. I mean, you know, in whether I was in high school, college, you know, and, and the coaches that I had there and parents and family and, and then just the people I've always associated with, the staffs, with some of the great staffs that I've hired, great coaches are around me that stuck with me when things were tough and just a lot of things. And so, uh, you know, I, I just wanted it real. And, and, and I think that's at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think, and I, I think they did a tremendous job. I'll tell you, because, you know, can you imagine, you know, what us talking on it on, a, on, um, for about two hours and he's taping it taping the whole thing and then he's going to he recording it then he goes back he puts a headset on and he writes it first person like he's saying it and i, I mean i you could give me 30 years to do it and i couldn't do it <laughs> even come close and i just thought he did a really good job and uh sometimes he made me sound a little bit better than what i was and so i had to go back and correct him <laughs> uh, but uh anyway uh, he did a good job who, who had final editorial control here you or maybe your wife well, I would. <laughs> well, you know, she owns a, and she's a publisher. Edge of her tenth, ten year right. anniversary of a magazine called Yellow Profile, and she helped edit. And, and and the great thing about Dave was great about it, and she does that for a living. Ed, edits these big magazines that she puts out uh, six times a year. So um, uh, she had she had a lot of say so in it. Uh, uh, I had the final say, but uh, she might have a different opinion of that. <laughs> she was no Missy, Missy was really valuable in the process because she she was a, a third set of eyes to look at everything. And there were times where I think Gary and I would talk about something football related, where it was just kind of second nature to us. And she looked at it from her perspective of kind of a, a fan to say, "Hey, don't quite know what you mean by this. Can you maybe explain a little better?" And that was what I really appreciated about about all the the input that that uh, that she helped out with. It- and Dave, tell the fans listening, like you knew Gary pretty well, probably better than than anybody here, at least on our side of things. But what did you tell me? Something you learned during this book that hey, didn't know that about Coach that fans will be interested in. I I was really interested in the stuff that came before Gary got here to Missouri because that was the challenging part for me because I I think I, I was pretty familiar with everything that happened from 2001 on. Um, but I thought we really, to, to start things off, we really had to hit the childhood stuff um, and get all of that as, as much as we could because that kind of shapes who, who Gary is and who he becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was that part was fascinating to me. And, and um, I'll say that Gary's sister, Kathy, she was really helpful uh, kind of filling in the dots on some things that she's, you know, she's a couple mm-hmm. years older than Gary, and she was, she was great 
um, with some memories and some some thoughts from growing up in Ohio and uh, their relationship and with their brother and their parents. For me, I, I really I really enjoyed writing that part of it because that's the stuff I didn't really know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, yeah, talk- and Gabe, go ahead. You gave also, you know, and, and, and just could add a little bit to that. You know, that that's kind of, uh, you know, I have a brother and sister that have special needs. My brother's passed away. Uh, they both have a disease, had a disease called hereditary spastic paraplegia. And uh, they they lost their ability to walk when they were adolescents. And I was like the chosen one, you know. Uh, I was the one that didn't get this disease just because it didn't, it, the, the, the genes did not hit on me. And so that had a profound effect on me in many ways. And we talk about that in the book. And that's what I mean by being honest about everything and discuss those things because it's uh, that that uh, I, I think that's what I feel best about the book is it's just a, we, we kind of lay it all on the line there. And it, Gary, I want to know kind of your feeling on one of my uh, one of my issues from covering college sports the way we do is that fans just players and coaches they're just robots. Hey, you know they're they're these people out there that are that are kind of hey we can can lob criticism at every Saturday whatever. But how how much of this book is people maybe getting to know just not the football stuff but just hey this is like a human being here and, and has a story like the rest of us. Well, I think Dave was alluding to a little bit there too. Is that you know when you talk you talk about my family and my my mom and dad's influence on me and the people, and and you know it kind of it kind of you kind of see a how, who I am and why I am because of that. And uh, you know maybe some of them aren't very good either. But uh, <laughs> but for the most part, uh, you know I, I had a great childhood. Mom and dad that uh, that loved me, uh, cared about me. But also, you know, we're very strict and disciplined, and and, and you know, to drive me and my family. And so, uh, uh, you know, I think we we know covered all those things. And now I know, uh, obviously, hey, they're they're your memories. You lived them. But was there anything in particular in this book, whether it's back from from high school or or your days at Washington or even at Missouri, that it was just kind of fun to relive and spend those those few days talking to Dave and being able to tell that story? Well, all of it was, and you know, Dave could tell you this. I mean, I, there was a couple of times I'd be talking to him. I said I'd get real emotional, you know, yep. and because you, know, you don't, you, you know, when you go back in detail of a lot of things, and and uh, so th- those were those were, you know, they, it was interesting because we had a very well organized, and and for example, we got through to 2001. I became head football coach at the University of Missouri, and then he comes in and he puts. He says, "So well, I'm going to bring in all the all the uh, seasons for the first four or five years." And so he puts 2001, two, three. They lays them right in front of me. It's got the win loss record, and it's got all the stats. And I'm looking at this losing season, losing season, winning season, losing season. I'm I'm going. I'm. He'll tell you. I I, I was almost stunned when I looked at it. You forget. <laughs> you forget. You forget how how you know, you know how incredibly difficult it was. You know, and you know we had we we had to change a culture, a losing culture, two winning seasons in 17 years, and. And I'm so, and I, and I, I think I say this in the book, but I'm so indebted to the kids that stuck with us too, because it was a very difficult time. But we stuck to what we believed in, and eventually it turned. But uh, glancing at those those seasons again and reliving them, uh, boy, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of things came back as as we were struggling to try to turn this thing around. Dave, you mentioned some of uh, some of Gary's family members, but who else did, did you kind of talk to, or or maybe can be uh, their views reflected in the book a little bit? So just some of the people that you might have spoken with. Gary, Gary's sister Kathy was really helpful. Uh, his wife Missy was really helpful on on kind of especially you know everything that happened in 2015, kind of giving a, a, a 
from Gary's diagnosis to everything that happened during that season and the big decisions that were made. Uh, Gary's daughter, Erin, was was very, very helpful. And, uh, you know, especially with the Washington years and, and uh, you know, and then going to Toledo uh, and, and, and things with the family and just memories back then. Um, she was great. Uh, Mike Alden was, was really helpful. Uh, and just going over the hiring process I, back w- when we were covering that, you know, we were, uh, you're always on the outside looking in and just trying to learn as much as you can. But, but Mike was great talking about how that all went down, how it almost didn't go down because somebody wouldn't answer their phone, uh, when, when he was trying to decide who, who was going to be Missouri's next head coach. So that's all in the book. And then, and then Chad, Chad Moeller was really helpful too, cause he was right there alongside Gary for, um, you know, the good and the bad all the way most of it good uh over the over most of those 15 years yeah well i'm interested to read it to to see how many things i read through and go wow i i really had no idea what i was talking about there but uh, um it, you know gary obviously like dave said it most of it was good but it, you know hey it's it, no career no life is all sunshine and, and rainbows all the time so was it difficult for you going through and and like you said you wanted to be honest talking about some of the some of the bumps in the road whether it, it you know and and I haven't read it yet so I don't know how prominently like Aaron O'Neill or everything that happened in 2015 or or, or those parts was that hard to to kind of do again no I I, I didn't I you know I, I just said you know from the beginning we just said as, as Dave mentioned earlier we, we were going to tell it tell the story and uh you know i it, it was really a lot of i mean i you know I, I i special needs brother and sister growing up profound effect on me um i went to high school never won a championship before i was a part of the cha- first championship team ever this guy named dick fortner comes in when i was there for some reason it wasn't because of me but i was a part <laughs> of that this, this guy named don james comes in to to, to to uh, Kent State, and they've never won it right after the May 4th shooting, so you can't recruit anybody there. He comes in. We won the first championship in the history of school. And then, you know, I just there's just there's just a lot of things that happen there. And the same thing, you know, you can't win at Missouri. Don't go to Missouri. You're crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible. And so, uh, and you know, I had a DWI, you know, made a you know major mistake in my life at that time, and I owned up to it, and I talked about the thing in detail, and talked about the thing that happened with a boycott that was going on, and and uh, and there's a lot of other little things that we talked about. We, we I, had, I had two, I had a player die uh, at uh, at Toledo, and I, I had Aaron O'Neill that passed away here, you know, and and that and that whole experience. And so there was there was you know, I think anybody in their lives, anybody's listening, anybody reads the book, they, we we all go through adversities. And at, at the end of the day, and I always told my team this all the time, my kids, is that, you know, the ones that handle the adversity are the ones that are going to make it because life's, there's nothing easy about it. So, But I, on the other standpoint, I've been blessed beyond blessed, so I feel very, very fortunate. All right, now when you get to the uh, the important part for both of you guys, this thing comes out Friday, so either one of you, first of all, kind of let it, let fans know. I, I know you guys are doing some promotional stuff. Uh, Coach, you're doing some signings, and, and Dave, kind of where everybody can get it, and uh, it, just let everybody know where they find this book. Well, in yeah, in Columbia, um, the book will be uh, at, at Barnes and Noble, um, and and really wherever books are sold, is uh, what we're supposed to say. But you can also still buy it online at, at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Triumphpublishing.com is our publisher. You can buy it directly from them. We're going to have a signing here in Columbia on the twentieth, which is next Wednesday, uh, at Barnes and Noble at the Columbia Mall. I believe that starts at six thirty, and then a week after that, on the twenty seventh. Another Wednesday, uh, we're going to be at the the campus bookstore right there at the student center. I believe that one's at one o'clock. So uh, we're going to have a, a bunch more around the state, uh, some closer to Christmas shopping season, um, but we're going to have a, a lot of events uh, signing with with this book. 
And, and coach, you've been, you're going to be uh, going out and doing some uh, some signings for fans as well, all over the state, right? Yeah, and we're and we're doing that, and we we generally do all those together that we can if it works our schedules. I'm going to actually. I was I was invited back to. They're having the the uh, hundred year anniversary of Toledo football um, this weekend. And, uh, and, and I was invited, they're inviting the top 50 players that, that they played in those, those the, the, you know, obviously that they're still alive, that they could be there. And, uh, they invited me to come back to that. And so I'm going to go back to it. It's going to be an honor to be around all those guys. Some of the guys I coached on that too. And then we're going to be at the Barnes and Nobles in Toledo. And it's, uh, okay. I've been doing radio things for the last three or four days. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'll put my Toledo shirt on, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Very proud of being the head football coach at University of Toledo and the things we did there. And so uh, we're, we're going to be really busy. And then, like Dave said, there's a lot of stuff coming up in November and December when it's getting close to Christmas, too. And we'll be in Kansas City. We'll be in St. Louis. And so uh, we're excited about it. And, uh, you know, I very, feel very blessed that uh, we can be a part of it. Hey, got one more for each of you. First of all, Dave, I know the, the foreword was written by Nick Saban in this book. Uh, how'd that come about? Did, did you approach him to Gary or? Gary handled that one. We we had a list of a few people that we thought would really look good uh, for the forward. You you get that on the cover, and it's a great way to sell the book. But also, I think it, it would help tell part of the story. And Nick was our first choice. I should say Coach Saban, um, and uh, and Gary w- went through uh, through his people, and we weren't sure what to expect from Coach Saban. Obviously, he's a really busy guy, but it is. It is outstanding. He put some time into this. this is, he didn't hand it off to some GA and say, write something about Gary Pinkle. He, he really put some effort into it, um, had, had some good anecdotes. And I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm biased towards most of the book, but I think it might be the, the best chapter. And Gary, yeah, I, I assume I, you I, read I, over I, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was when I, because I, I knew Nick was busy and I talked to him about it. And he says, and he says, I'd, I'd love to do it. And, and, you know, weeks and weeks later, you know, it didn't, it wasn't due or anything. We we're just kind of concerned where it was. And, and then, uh, I, I thought he might give it to somebody and say, right. And nothing wrong with that, you know, cause he knows, Hey, these are the bullet points, Would you put this together for me. But when I, when, when he, when his secretary sent it to me, I looked at that, I just shook my head and I said, he wrote every single word of that. And there's some touching things for me, you know, personally in there. And in fact, I think that, the, <laughs> I think his, it might be before it might be better than the book so and, and that's not because of the writer of our book it's because sure. it, 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 it's, it's kind of profound i mean what what nick says and and you know the reputation he has and, and you know and, and how respected he is around the country and so on and so forth so uh you know it was it was really uh it was really really unique and and my kids were kidding around with me and they you know said you know because my name's about an inch and a half thick on top of the yeah. top of the book and then Nick Saban's like it's like a quarter inch of the bottom. They suggested to me maybe collectively. I don't know if who did this. They said, "Why don't you sw- if you want to sell more books? Why don't you switch the names here? Why don't you put <laughs> Saban's real name real big?" And so I got me little chuckles out of it, you know, chuckle, chuckle. But uh, you know, that's my kids, and uh, that's why they've always kept me grounded. Hey, Gary, we've taken up a lot of your time. I'll let you go in just a minute, but I can't let you go without asking you one football question. I mean, you said Saturdays are a lot less stressful, but. Are, are you watching this team kind of – I mean, do you still have those juices flowing when you when you watch Mizzou on Saturdays? I, I, I miss – people, what do you miss the most? I, I loved what I did. I loved everything I did. I loved recruiting and everything. But what I miss the most, I miss my players. I miss hugging my players, uh, kicking the rear end when I need kicked, seeing them graduate, seeing them mature into young men to be the best they can. I, mi- I really miss the relationship part. Uh, and I miss, I miss being on the sidelines game time my headset goes on over my visor and that referee kind of circles the circles the clock let's get the thing going 
And I was for the next four hours, I was gone. I was gone for four hours. I, I, I missed that. Uh, but uh, I just, I so, I've been so fortunate, you know, even with all the tough things that happened to everybody, you know, we, we battled through them and uh, very fortunate and very, very proud to be uh, the head football coach at University of Missouri. Well, and I'd say you missed all the uh, interaction with the media, but you got to spend like eight months with Dave. <laughs> so you, you filled that box too. Yeah, we were reliving these things. So what better than have a writer sitting right in my living room? <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Gary. Appreciate it. And uh, and I know everybody's looking forward to reading the book. Thank you. Go thanks, Tigers. Gary. Okay, we'll talk to you. That is Gary Pinkle. Dave's still here with me. And i uh, going to spend a couple more minutes. Just, um, it, you know, uh, when, when Coach approached you about about writing this, kind of what was your first reaction? Did it did it kind of go like you thought it would? Uh, I wasn't sure what to what to expect. You know, he he actually um, I I met him the week after Missouri's first game last year, the West Virginia game. He didn't go to that. He had a party at his house or a get together his house, and was a nervous wreck watching it. And I, we talked about that. And then before we left, we we met at Lakota, which is you know his place. We met a lot of times there. Um, I I said, Are "You still thinking about writing a book?" And he goes, "I've got I've got some ideas. Why?" I said. Give me a call when you want to, and it really just kind of it developed from there. But he he actually had um, sort of a job interview. He flew his agent down from Detroit, and and Missy, his wife, sat in, and they kind of grilled me and like, "What's your vision for this? Why should we pick you? Uh, how honest do you do you think this needs to be?" And uh, I it was it was a little bit intimidating. Yeah. We did we did it right over here at the courtyard by Marriott, and uh, uh, out of that eventually came a contract, and then we figured out a schedule and. And, and worked it out. I, I didn't get any time off from my day job for this. So it was, uh, there was a, it was a, it took a lot of time, but, um, you know, I, I thought we, we put together a nice book. And it, hopefully people could, could it kind of came through when we were talking to Gary. I've, you know, I bump into him a few times. I know you've obviously spent a lot of time with him. Like from our perspective, that's just a different guy than oh, yeah. we knew for 15 years. He really is. And, and, um, I think he's, I think he enjoys, being himself and not having to everything, you know, the spotlight be on him all the time and all the pressure of winning and uh, everything that Barry Odom's basically going through right now. In fact, Gary and I met in St. Louis earlier this week to do a spot on a TV station, and he, uh, I just, I just, this, I just found this funny. He he's had to stop at the mall. And he's like, yeah, my my Beats by Dre went out, so I had to go, <laughs> I had to go get him fixed. And could you just imagine Gary Pinkle walking yeah. through the mall and getting his his, I, his I picture headphones. him in the Arthur Johnson <laughs> uniform he wore for Pro Day one day. Yeah, and it's it's great to see that because he's he's enjoying. You know, a lot of coaches they don't. You know, they don't necessarily choose when they retire, and some some of the really good ones are so old that they don't get to enjoy life, you know, once they're out of coaching. But but he he's really uh, making the most of it, I think. And last thing then, I mean, the hard part of the job is done, I guess, now, but now kind of an equally hard part. I mean, how much how much time are do you spend promoting this, selling it, going different places and all that? Well, you really have to it, – it's shameless promotion. I mean, it's all it's, – you got to do it nonstop. Um, our publishing company is really good about setting up – signings and 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 you know setting up some media events um but it's really on us and that that part's fun too um you know there's so many neat stories in here that I maybe probably take for granted while you're doing it but then you sit back and read it and he didn't mention this but um and I don't want to give too much away when when he had the DWI and he 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 was great talking about that the my favorite part of the book is something that happened right after that it was nothing he shared with us publicly it involves a former player who was on the team was on the team at the time, currently in the NFL, and it is. I mean, it, it would be hard to read that part and not um, 
you know, it's going to get a little dusty because it, it was it was it's an awesome thing that he that he shared. And I think that's what makes this book pretty cool. Well, I won't force Dave to be the shameless promoter. Like, look, if you're listening to this, you're a diehard Missouri fan. Um, Dave has been kind enough to, to give me a couple copies that we're going to give away on Power Mizzou. But don't put your ability to get this book on your ability to predict the score of a football game. Right. Because <laughs> you guys aren't very good at it. Neither am I. But uh, but like Dave said, Friday, Barnes and Noble in Columbia. It's a where online again, Amazon and where else? Amazon Triumph, Triumph, the word publishing.com. You can buy it directly from there or Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Um, and uh, you, you can find it just about anywhere there. Yeah, go out and get it. If uh, if it's not for you, hey, your dad's probably a, uh, a diehard Missouri fan. It's a, it's a good Christmas gift. So hopefully everybody will check that out. And uh, thanks to Dave and thanks certainly to Gary Pinkle for spending some time with us. All right, now we're turning our attention to this weekend in Missouri football. We're going to bring uh, Kyle Charters in from goldenblack.com, the rival site that covers Purdue and Kyle, no pressure, man. You're following Gary Pinkle on the podcast, so I'm sure you're up to it. I hope so. That's that's big shoes, but I'll try my best. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've written a book recently that Nick Saban did the foreword for, but just say you have, and that'll be two guys. <laughs> I have, yeah. I uh, actually just published uh, yesterday. It took me about a week. <laughs> awesome. So uh, let's get into the game this weekend. And look, the uh, – this weekend is pretty interesting because Missouri fans had this marked down as a win before the season. And all of a sudden, in two weeks, Jeff Brown has this team playing really well. I mean, what's he done in, in the short time he's gotten this job? I think he has done about as good as he could do in changing uh, the culture around Purdue. Now, how exactly has he gone about doing that? I, I don't know if I could explain the details. I'm not sure you ever exactly know how a coach goes about doing that. But one way in which he has is just increased the, the level of competition. He brought in uh, a handful of um, graduate transfers, uh, another handful of JC transfers in the offseason that at least has given Purdue a, a little bit of depth. And at certain places uh, – you know, guys challenging or guys who are starting. Um, you know, he has been pretty clear that he wants guys competing for spots that even, you know, if they're relatively secure, they should know that the next guy is going to push them. And I, you know, I think that's been a little bit of a difference here. We've seen it, you know, in the quarterback play, I think, uh, you know, he was pretty adamant to get a couple of backup offensive linemen in the game against Ohio because he didn't feel like the starters had played as well as they should against Louisville. So, you know, I think that's been uh, a, a big change around here. And, you know, just in general, I think Purdue is coached better. They approach the games uh, more prepared, uh, better schematically on offense and defense. And that has led to, a, you know, a couple of competitive games, including a win. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is a question that's answerable or not, but is Purdue playing over its head, or are they are they as good as they've shown the first two weeks? Well, that's a really good question, I think. Um, can I answer uh, on Sunday, maybe? Hey, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, I, I, I'm going to answer the same question, whether Missouri is better <laughs> than this or this is really who they are. Right. Um I don't think that they're playing way above their heads. I mean, you know, the Louisville game, they come up with a couple of, of big turnovers uh, on the goal lines. You know, maybe that game looks different uh, if Louisville scores there. I think it certainly does. But you can't take plays away from teams either, and Purdue made those plays. I think they're just playing with a lot of effort. I, You know, Jeff Brom was asked that earlier this week, uh, you know, whether he felt like the team – 
uh, was playing with the kind of effort that he wants. And he says, yeah, through two games, we are. And, and I don't think you hear coaches say that a whole lot because the, a lot of times they're asking for more. Uh, and, and maybe he is. But, you know, I think that Purdue's really efforting a lot, especially on defense. That group has really been swarming to the ball. And while the numbers yardage-wise might not look great, they have turned opponents over. They have five turnovers, uh, all forced fumbles that they've recovered. Uh, they don't have any interceptions. That's a little bit of a concern, I think, in how the secondary is playing going into Saturday's game. But, you know, it's been pretty op- opportunistic because they are playing uh, so hard. And then I think, you know, from a scheme point of view on offense, they're they're scheming to mask some of their deficiencies. And there are some. There are a lot, really. And I think that has allowed them to score some points. We'll just run through this matchup real quickly then. On, on offense, I mean, they're going to play two quarterbacks. And so after hearing Barry Odom talk, I mean, I, I haven't watched much of Purdue in the first two weeks. So after hearing Barry Odom talk on Monday, I said, I'm, you know, I got to look up these stats for this story. And I expected to see two quarterbacks that, that the numbers were fairly oh. even. Elijah Sindelar has started. And then David, David Blau has really played far better. So why are they both playing? Well, you know, David Blau has played better aside from the two interceptions okay. against Louisville in the third quarter that really turned that tide toward the Cardinals. I think, you know, had he not done that, uh, maybe Purdue wins that game. But I think if he doesn't, maybe he starts then against Ohio. I don't know for sure. But, you know, Sindelar's ceiling is probably higher. He has a, a, a bigger arm, an NFL arm. I think, you know, assuming we see him on Saturday, I think you'll see that in him. He doesn't quite have the, the moxie veteran presence maybe that Blau has, and I think that's why um, you'll definitely see David and why you might see him as the starter uh, after his performance this last week. You know, there have been con- some, some concerns about David that he's a little bit shorter. He gets a little bit antsy in the pocket. Uh, his feet get all sorts of out of whack if you get pressure on him. He had a long conversation with Jeff Brom after throwing those two picks, uh, one of which his feet were all sorts of messed up. It led to a pick six, and really when Louisville took control, uh, he was better. Uh, You might not see this, but if you look closely on the double reverse flea flicker 62-yard touchdown, he gets blown up on that play. In fact, probably should have been targeting, but you know, you never know exactly what the officials are going to call there. But good of him to – to sort of hang in there. That's something we haven't seen from him. So maybe a little bit of growth. Um, If I had to make a prediction right now, I would say that Blau would start and we would see Elijah Sindelar for a couple of series in the second quarter. And then Jeff Brown's been pretty clear. Whichever guy's playing better is going to play in the second half. Yeah. Now we're talking with Kyle Charters, goldenblack.com. And uh, Kyle, you mentioned there are deficiencies on the Purdue offense. So where where do they struggle if if it were to go wrong on Saturday? Where does it go wrong offensively? Uh, they've had some drops. They had four drops in, I think, the first two or three series against Ohio. Uh, their outside receivers aren't real dynamic, um, not speed threats down the field. Uh, they haven't had a whole lot of yards after the catch from the perimeter. They do have some other newcomers, uh, guys like Corey Holmes and Isaac Zico, a graduate transfer Holmes is from Notre Dame and, and Zico, a JC transfer who maybe have uh, some more of the physical gifts, more speed, but they have, you know, sort of struggled with the grasp of the offense and struggled to hold on the ball. So we haven't seen them claim those spots yet. So Purdue is unlikely, I think, to beat Missouri on the perimeter. Uh, but what Purdue has done is they beat teams up the middle because the two tight ends are, 
are really good and probably NFL quality tight ends and Cole Herdman and Bryson Hopkins. And, you know, those two guys are one and three in the country in yards per reception from tight ends. I think 24.3 yards and 17 yards per catch. So they can really get down the field. And that's, I think, helping to mask some of the inability to make big plays on the perimeter. Um, and I know Missouri's had a little bit of trouble, from what I understand, yeah. covering those tight ends. I was so going to say, be, uh, that, that'll be yeah. interesting. Missouri's been burned by him two weeks in a row. Yeah, so that'll be something to watch. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch if, you know, maybe they try to crowd the middle and force Purdue to win on the outside. I think that's something the teams should try to do going forward. And then Purdue's offensive line has been okay. I don't think they've really been tested yet. And I'm not sure if Missouri can do that or not. Maybe they can. Um, but I think if a team really started to come after Purdue, that would be perhaps an area where a defense could, could get some victories. All right, defensively, you mentioned secondary is a little bit of a question mark. What, what's the strength and the weakness of uh, Purdue as, as they get ready to face Drew Locke and Missouri's offense? Well, the linebackers are good, especially against the run. Uh, you know, I, all three of them uh, really are pretty quality players. Juwan Bentley in the middle, T.J. McCollum, who plays on the weak side and transfer from Western Kentucky, really knows the, the defensive system with Holt. And then Marcus Bailey is only a sophomore, but probably the best of the bunch, plays strong side. So you'll see him sort of, you know, all over the place in coverage a little bit. They're pretty good in the front. Uh, you know, I think especially against the run, they have not gotten a whole lot of pressure they only have one sack on the year. They probably could have had three more against Ohio. Just the quarterback was a little bit slippery. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson's not going to be sacked a whole lot just because of his skill set. So I'm not sure that the, that the sack numbers are real indicative of the pressure produced capable of. We just haven't, you know, seen it consistently yet. But, you know, they, they swarmed to the ball. They have, uh, you know, they've been pretty good against the run. Uh, they've tackled pretty well i mean it's a it's a lot better defense really with about the same personnel as what they've had the last couple of seasons all right last thing for you kyle for missouri this is a like i don't think this season this game can make their season but it can absolutely break the season how big a game is this for purdue because i'm looking at their schedule i mean michigan minnesota wisconsin the next three weeks but they've got rutgers they've got illinois northwestern doesn't look great indiana i mean is a bowl game a possibility in Jeff Brom's first year? And if so, is this a game they have to win to get there? It's such a weird question to answer because you're talking about a Purdue program that has won nine games in the last four years. Right. So to start start talking about bowl possibilities when it, the team is one and one is so difficult to do. They have played better, though, in the first couple of weeks, but it's just – you, you find yourself having trouble believing uh, that they can continue even, to play at a higher level. So, even the fact that question is asked it kind yeah. of says what a job Jeff Brom has done so far. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So is it a big game? I, I you know, I, I think it's an – I think the Ohio game was a really big game for Purdue because they, they needed to show that the Louisville game was no fluke. I think if Purdue plays well at Missouri and continues to play at a high level – that the fans will still be on board. It'll still be a great atmosphere for Michigan uh, the next week. And people will still, you know, have a pretty good faith that Purdue here is headed in the right direction. I think Brom has sold uh, everybody on that. So uh, I, now if Purdue, if Purdue wins uh, and has the, you know, the homecoming game against Michigan national television the next week, I, I think the crowd will be huge and, 
you know, that will be a pretty interesting game for Purdue that they really haven't been in that situation in a long time. So, um, you know, I think Purdue either way this weekend is sort of headed in the right direction, if, if that makes any sense at all. Fair to characterize this one then as must win for Missouri, nothing to lose for Purdue. You agree? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good way. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good way to describe it, I think. All right, well, Kyle, appreciate it, man, and we will uh, see you Saturday afternoon. All right, sounds good, Gabe. Thanks a lot. All right, have a good one. Kyle Charters, goldenblack.com. Those guys do a good job. Uh, it's, it's been more of a basketball site the last few years because, frankly, Purdue, A, probably is more of a basketball program to anyone my age, 40 or younger, um, but also just because football, again, nine wins in four years, and, and they're playing well. And I, I can only wrap it up this way, guys. Um, I, I did not sell the season after the game against South Carolina. Discouraging signs, absolutely. Game. Brian and I talked about this all offseason. Like, there's so much danger in putting so much weight in week two because what happens if you lose? And that's what happens. So, I, I'm not selling this season. I'm not telling you it's over. You know, nobody's – well, Demonte Cross got fired. But nobody else getting fired quite yet. You know, let's, uh, let's see what happens the rest of the season. If Purdue comes in here and beats Missouri, boy, um, it – could get very ugly. If Purdue wins this game, it is hard to forecast much better than three and nine for Missouri. And that's where you get into the, yeah, going to be some tough decisions in the offseason. Um, and, and I think the frustrating part for Missouri fans about this matchup is this. Jeff Brom has been there two games, and he has a program that was much worse than what Barry Odom took over, playing pretty well. And Barry Odom has been here 14 games, and you've really got a stretch to find much improvement um, over those 14 games. So I understand all the frustration. And it is a little bit scary going into a game where I think it's fair to say, again, Missouri has, I mean, they have to win this game. They cannot lose this game. And Purdue really has nothing to lose. I mean, you heard Kyle say it. Hey, Purdue comes in here, puts up a decent fight, plays well. Their fans are going to be fired up next week when Michigan comes to town. That's a tough opponent, uh, an opponent that doesn't have anything to lose. So we'll see 3 o'clock on uh, Saturday afternoon for O'Field, SEC Network, on the radio on Tiger Network. Uh, there is your weekly, you know, here's where you find the game. So hopefully you'll all be able to do that. Uh, but, again, want to uh, take a second to thank Gary Pinkle and Dave Matter. And, and Dave is a friend, has been for a long time, and I'm interested to read uh, The 100-Yard Journey, their new book, forward by Nick Saban, on sale on Friday. Keep your eyes open. Um, I will make sure to retweet any announcements of, you know, book signings, uh, publicity events, things like that. For those of you who are interested, again, Dave has given us, uh, given me a few copies of the book. One of those was uh, one last week in our prediction contest. We're going to have at least two more prediction contests and then find a way to give away the fourth one. So uh, for PowerMizzou.com subscribers, we'll have a chance at it. But don't wait for that. Go out, buy the book. Uh, thanks to Dave. Thanks to Gary. Thanks to Kyle Charters from goldenblack.com. And uh, Brian Austin got a week off, but not next week. He'll be back talking Auburn on the powermazoo.com podcast.